Hello, and thank you for listening to the Redeemer Church podcast, now available on almost any platform where podcasts can be found. What you'll most often find here is our Sunday service sermon audio, but we'll also post bits and pieces of special services, events, and other things as they pertain to the life of the church. If you'd like to know more about what's happening here at Redeemer, you can visit us online at www.redeemermn.org or join us live Sunday at 10.30 a.m. on YouTube or Facebook. Just search for Redeemer MN or Redeemer Lutheran Church and locate the blue droplet icon. We're overjoyed at this opportunity to minister to you and to walk beside you as you begin to experience what it means to be the church. Let's dive in. It's great to be with you, both here in the building and also online. Isn't that just amazing that we can be worshiping with others that aren't even here in the building? I love that. One worship time together. Well, if you were here with us last week, we started that new message series called Road Trip, and we went to the wilderness. Do you remember that? We, uh, some of us went there on our own. Some of us were led there, and we found out that in the wilderness, we rest in knowing that there is provision and also preparation that's always available to us through God. He's so faithful to his promises to us, and he goes with us every single step of the way. You were given an assignment last week to engage in one of the various ways of prayer here at Redeemer, and I was so excited to see So many prayer requests come in this week, and already I've had phone calls where individuals have shared with me that their prayers have been answered already. Some of them are still waiting. You know, God answers those prayers, sometimes right away, sometimes he waits. And so we continue to pray for those requests that are coming in. And also others have contacted me about the various ways we do uh, prayer here at Redeemer. If any of those areas had that little flutter in your heart last week, come and see me. You know, prayer really is foundational to everything that we do here at Redeemer. You know, this is the glory of summer, is it not? This has been quite a summer for each and every one of us. I know that it's been dry out there, but so many of you have continued with your annual tradition of going up to the lake. I suspect that there might be some of you online that are at the lake right now as you're worshiping. And so there's nothing like that, being up at the lake. And also for some of you, you've had the opportunity to go to one of the oceans this summer. Stick your toes in the sand and feel the pull of that tide or listen to the soothing sound of those waves as they come crashing in. Well, today we are going to take a road trip to a body of water called the Sea of Galilee. It's also known as Lake Tiberias or Lake Gennesaret. And this lake is about 13 miles long and 8 miles wide. And it is well known that it is subject to sudden and severe storms. You know, in uh, the gospel lesson for today in Matthew 14, Jesus and his disciples had just finished feeding 5,000 individuals. Imagine that, what a meal that was, 5,000 people. And immediately when that was finished, instead of just talking to each other for a little while, Jesus immediately puts his disciples in a boat and he sends them to the other side of the lake. Why do you think he did that? You know, he created us for community. Why do you think he just put those disciples in the boat and sent them off? Hmm. 
Well, I think one reason is that Jesus always takes time to be alone with his Father. We read that after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside to pray to his Father. Just as we discussed last week, from Jesus' life modeling prayer to him teaching his disciples about prayer, to him encouraging us to pray without ceasing, ceasing to us today, prayer really, as I said before, is foundational to life. Do you think of prayer that way in your life? Be honest with yourself. Is that how you think of prayer and spending time in the Word? Is it time to get to know that character of God better? The God who loves you immensely and desires to be involved in every single detail of your life? Or do you see prayer and being in the Word as a duty? Oh, it's, it's almost 8 o'clock. Check. I've done that for the day. And off you go on your day, not ever giving it a second thought. You know, those moments when we spend time with the Father are not just moments to give him our to-do list for the day. Those are moments that are life-giving to each and every one of us. And while I was preparing for today, I'm always amazed that when you have a message to give, the Lord brings something to your mind that you haven't thought about for literally years. And what was brought to my mind was a time when my son was two years old. We lived off of East River Road, and there was a deadly motorcycle accident on East River Road right outside of our home. And so I called 911, and my son and I were standing on the steps. And as you well know, to a two-year-old, all of those lights are pretty interesting and fascinating at that age. But that wasn't what got my attention. You parents out there, you know that tug on your arm or on your clothes when your little one keeps tugging and pulling and you're interested in something else and you kind of just keep feeling that but you don't respond to it. Well, finally, I looked down at my son and his eyes were on me. And what he said to me was, Mom, pray. I tell you, that was a holy moment in my life when I had a two-year-old reminding me of the importance of prayer. So right now, I'm going to tug on your sleeves, I'm going to tug on your mind, and I'm going to tug on your heart. And I'm going to ask you to join me right now as we pray for Afghanistan. Please join me in prayer. Oh, Lord of all, we lift before you the country of Afghanistan. And Lord, our hearts are broken, literally broken, as we hear of all that's taking place. Father, we praise and thank you that our missionary faith was able to get back here to the United States this past week. And, and we're so thankful for that. But Lord, in your mercy, I pray that you would provide safety, and also salvation for the Afghan people. I pray that you would be with the persecuted Christians. And I don't know how, Lord, I know you know, but supernaturally, Lord, would you please make sure that you provide a peaceful pathway that would allow people to escape. I pray that you would be with our military as they are there trying to put peace to chaos and confusion. 
as they try to get people on planes. I also would ask that you would grant wisdom to the countries that are accepting and resettling refugees. And Father, we pray that you will dismantle the Taliban and that there will be a fall of the Taliban. Father, we thank you that we can bring this before you knowing that you hear our prayers and that you answer. And we leave the answer to you, Lord. We trust you. In the powerful and the precious name of Jesus Christ and all God's saints said, amen. You know, this God that we have is sovereign. He is all present, all powerful, and he knows all that is going to take place. And in the midst of his sovereignty, he allows free choice. And we can choose to not be in the word and not pray, but we will miss out on intimately coming to know this God, his character, this God who literally stoops to meet each and every one of us exactly where we're at. And there's nothing like those moments when he meets us. And just as Jesus will meet the Afghan people in their time of need, Jesus met his disciples that evening as they were on the Sea of Galilee. Remember, Jesus had them get in the boat and in his sovereignty, he knew all along that they were going to encounter a storm and that that would put terror and also danger in their minds and hearts. And they probably had been rowing for several hours, probably physically exhausted trying to get to the other side of that lake before the storm hit. But guess what? These were avid fishermen. They knew what it was like to be on the lake in a storm. What do you think was going through their mind? Were they just so focused on getting to the other side of the lake that there was nothing in their mind? Or were they asking, why in the world did Jesus put us in this boat? Were some of them angry about that? Were some of them just thinking, I just want to get to the other side of the lake? Were they praying? Were they reciting psalms? And when they were at the end of their own strength, hear that, when they were at the end of their own strength, Jesus comes and he came to them and Jesus comes to us in the storms of life. Now to the skeptic that's sitting out there who questions Jesus coming to us in the storms of life, I want to share with you a recent story that my husband and I experienced where we saw Jesus coming to someone else in their storm. On a recent trip, Keith and I stopped at our destination hotel. You know how that is. You travel and you end up getting to your hotel before they want to let you in. So we walk in, praying before we go in, hoping that we are going to be able to get in. And guess what? They were so gracious. They let us get into our room. So in the process of walking to our room, we walk past housekeeping. And as we get everything settled in our room, when we walk out, there's housekeeping, and they are so busy. And we walk past these two individuals, and I hear this loud voice say, you need to give them money. And I literally turned around and looked. It was that loud. There's nobody behind me. So Keith and I keep walking down the hall, and I hear it again. Now I said, Lord, is this you? So a little bit later, I share this with Keith, and he looks at me and he goes, let's do it. 
So we talk about what we're going to do, and a little while later, he walks down the hall, and there's two of them. And so we thought, well, do we give them both money, or do we just give them one money, or how does how does this work? Well, it was very obvious that one of them was a supervisor, so we divided, decided to give it to the supervisor. So Keith goes down the hall, gives her the money, comes back, and he tells me that she's really moved by this act. So we don't think any more of it. Go to sleep. Next day the festival starts, so off Keith goes. Early in the morning, I decide to stay back, and a little while later in the morning, I decide to go down the lobby and read. So I'm sitting down there reading, and guess what? This gal comes up to me, obviously filled with emotion, tears in her eyes, and she said, "I just have to tell you what happened." She said, "I was so moved by your husband giving us that money." And here, she told me that when she got home that night, her phone rang, and it was her friend. And her friend said, "I don't have enough money to feed my kids tonight." So what did she do? She gave that money to her friend. So I want to reassure you, the skeptic out there that doesn't think that God is a God that cares about every detail. Here, Keith and I have been in Fridley for weeks. And we've been hearing about food insecurity, and we've been meeting the needs. You, Redeemer, have been meeting the needs of people here, and we travel to Tennessee, and for whatever reason, God does that. We have an amazing God, but not only does He do that, He brought something else to my attention. He brought to my attention that it's so easy, so easy for me to get so involved. In the day-to-day -day living and working that I do here, that I don't always hear that voice as loudly as I did that day. And so there was a not condemnation but conviction that went on for me to be much more attentive to what those things are that the Lord says and does in each and every one of our lives. You know, only God can do things like that. Only God. So yes, Jesus does come to us in the storms of life in very mysterious and strange ways. And for the disciples in the midst of their storm, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. Now, did they respond by saying, "Oh, look, there's Jesus! Here he comes"? No, we're told that they were terrified and shout, "It's a ghost!" And they cry out in fear. Why didn't they recognize Jesus? They'd just been with him. He'd done a miraculous work, fed the five thousand. Were they even looking for him? Were their eyes so blinded by fear they couldn't feel, fully see the presence of Jesus? I guess all these questions are speculation on our part. But why is it? Maybe I'm the only one. But why is it that in a nanosecond? We can go from confident faith to fear in our lives. Fear and faith can't coexist at the same time, and Jesus is the one that calls us to faith, not fear. You know, immediately Jesus said to him, as he's walking on the water, "Take courage. It's I. Don't be afraid. Take courage. It's I." Don't be afraid. 
What's your greatest fear today? Is it illness? Is it the loss of a loved one? Or maybe for you, it's financial. You've just heard some words this week that you're wondering how in the world you're going to get out of this mess. You know, many times it can be those things that we're fearful of that actually bring us closer to Jesus. You see, he's always there. He always knows what's going on. You know, he had his eye on the disciples from the moment he put them in that boat until he was looking at them face to face when he was walking on the water. And he has his eye on you 24-7. So what is this thing called faith that we talk about? Where does it come from? You know, Hebrews 11 is a great chapter. And in that first verse, it gives us a biblical definition of faith. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is an absolute belief that God is working behind the scenes in our lives for our good, even when there's no evidence to support it. Faith and unbelief are opposites, and when unbelief dominates the thoughts of our mind, we can experience a whole lot of fear and worry. We can't conjure up faith on our own. We can try, but it's not for ours to conjure up. Ephesians 2.8 tells us, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It's a gift from God. Faith is a gift from God. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. And Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Again, in Hebrews 11, it says, Let's fix our eyes on Jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith. Our faith is a confident assurance in God who loves us and cares for our deepest needs. And our faith continues to grow as we spend time with him in the word and in prayer, and we can become more familiar with who he is. And the more we learn of who he is, the more we can see him working in our lives. This Hebrews 11 chapter, I challenge you this week to go home and read that chapter Verse after verse after verse relays the information of the Old Testament heroes of faith. From Rahab, Abel to Rahab, it states, by faith, then it gives their name, and it says what they did. So I want you to read that chapter this week. And when you're done, I want you to take your pen, and I want you to write the words, by faith, in your name. And then write what God has enabled you to do by faith. You know, by faith, Peter began walking on the water. Oftentimes, this portion of scripture, people will focus on Peter. But I wanted to focus on Jesus this week. And when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid and he started sinking. But he said, Lord, save me. And even in the midst of him taking his eyes off Jesus, Jesus' eyes were on him. Jesus never had his eyes off Peter. But guess what? Peter knew who to cry out to, didn't he? He said, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. And he said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? When you hear that question that Jesus asked, do you hear it as a condemnation? 
from Jesus, or do you hear it as a call? A call to grow in your faith. I take it as the Lord encouraging Peter to grow in his faith. And again from Hebrews, and without faith it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You know, throughout life we will have moments of going step by step in our faith. And could it just be that the encouragement is for each of us to use the gift of faith that we already have and take that next step? And as your faith grows, take the next step. Jesus' presence is what brings comfort and peace to us in the storm. His presence, comfort, and peace is there. It says in those verses, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind, it died down. And then those that were in the boat, what did they do? They worshiped him. And they said, truly, this is the Son of God. Truly, this is the Son of God. Do you know the Son of God? Maybe for you today, as you've been sitting here, you realize that you know about him, but you don't know him in that intimate way. You don't know anything about him other than what his name is. If that's you today, don't let the day pass without asking him to come into your life and be that stabilizing force for all the storms that you end up encountering in life. Come and see Pastor John or myself before you leave today. We would love to pray with you and encourage you in your faith. You know, our faith is gonna falter. Every single one of us, we are human. Our faith is gonna falter, but Jesus is gonna continue to invest in our faith. You know, often I think our goal when we're in a storm is we just wanna get out of it, right? How many just wanna get out of the storm? Don't have to raise your hand. I see some heads nodding. You just wanna get out of the storm and get back to what we call normal life, whatever that is. But could it be, could it be what we really need to hear is that he will always, always, always be in the storms of life with you, with you, with you, and me. Just listen to these words that are the same as when they were written thousands and thousands of years ago. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You're mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they won't sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am, I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. 
your Savior. Your Savior in the midst of a storm. Please join me in prayer. Oh, sovereign God, we thank you for your example of your son always taking time to spend time and be alone with you. And I pray that you would continue to develop and deepen that in each and every one of us and give us a strong desire for that as we walk through life and develop within us a belief in and a trust of your word and your faithfulness to come to us during the storms of life. Would you please replace our fear with faith and provide comfort and peace through your presence? And Lord, for anybody here today that's hearing these words right now, whether that's a person online or whether it's someone here in the building, I pray that today would be the day that they encounter a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So thank you that not only are you with us in the midst of the storm, but you are our savior and you are our defender in oh, oh, so many ways. In the powerful and the very precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's saints said, amen. Thank you so much once again for listening to our podcast. If you experienced something special today or connected in a special way with something that you heard, don't keep it a secret. You can reach out and share directly with one of our staff at redeemermn.org leadership, or you can share this episode of the podcast across your own social media. We look forward to the opportunity to connect with you. Until next time, God bless you and have a wonderful day.